Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. A.W. Tozer said, how different the world would be if we all realized that we dwell under friendly skies. That God is he's friendly. He's not looking to beat up on us. And I'm saying this because when we look at something like but he will rejoice over you with singing. We just think, oh, that, you know, that, that just probably, probably not me. Why not? Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study through the books of the Old Testament prophets. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on the book of Zephaniah. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Tommy is like, he's their guy. He's their go-to guy because of his background, because he was a gang guy, because he was in prison, because God changed his life and turned him into, you know, this wonderful person. So whenever there's a problem, it's like, you know, like the bat phone goes to Tommy (laughs) and the mayor or the chairman of the school board or whatever or the police chief, hey, Tommy, we need you. But, you know, as, as a result of that, he's, he's kind of on the inside of a lot of things that are going on. And he's told me this numerous times because it's happened over and over again. But we were just talking the other day, and he was telling me about this young 15-year-old kid that was just shot dead. And the thing about these, the more personal side of it, is there, there have been three or four kids that have been gunned down, shot dead, gang-related stuff. But these kids, Tommy for years did, um, he did release time education where we take a school bus and go to the elementary schools. The kids would come in, eat their lunch, hear a Bible story. And Tommy did that for years. Four of these boys that have been shot dead were kids that went through that program and kids that were on the periphery of, you know, kind of in that tug of war between, yeah, I know I should follow Jesus, but I've got this world over here, this gang world. But anyway, I'm a little bit off track. My point is, Tommy was just telling me, though, about the callousness of these kids who murder other kids. It's, it's, like, it's like playing a video game. They don't even think, they don't even think anything about it. They just go out and shoot you to death, and then they go on about their business. And that, that's a frightening thing, that the hearts of people are that hardened. And so as we live in this world where there is no sense of, of judgment that's coming, there's no conviction that these things are wrong, They've been brought up in a hyper-relativistic worldview. And this, this kind of thing is the kind of thing that will, you know, finally leads to a judgment. And so God help us. God help us to, to pray and to seek him. Because, again, there might be 
a reprieve. We pray that there is. But God's going to judge all the nations, he says. He's assembled them together to pour out his wrath on them. Then I will, verse 9, purify the lips of the peoples that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. So God is going to judge the world. The whole world will be consumed by the fire of my jealous anger. Then I will purify the lips of the people. So in different prophecies, I think of Isaiah 13, where God, he's talking about in his judgment, he says, I'm going to purge the world of the rebels the sinners. That, that's what's being purged out. And then God is going to bring about his kingdom. He's going to establish his kingdom and purify the lips of the people that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshipers, my scattered people will bring me offerings. On that day, you, Jerusalem, will not be put to shame for all the wrongs you have done to me because I will remove from you your arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill, but I will leave within you the meek and humble. The remnant of Israel will trust in the name of the Lord. They will do no wrong. They will tell no lies." A deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths and they will eat and lie down and no one will make them afraid. So this again, as we see with all of the prophets, this is the the goal. The objective is to bring about the kingdom where our prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is it. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen with Israel at the center of it. And of course, Jesus sitting upon the throne of David and ruling over the house of Jacob. All of those promises that have been given, but but delayed, and in some cases seem like just, forgotten, you know, that, that's what many people would think today, that all of those promises that, that God has made, that they're just null and void, that will not happen, but it will happen. And that's what we're reading about here. And, you know, for me personally, when I read these prophecies and when I think back at the, at the history past, I mean, you know, think with me for a second. Think back to the time of Christ. That's 2,000 years. Think back 1,000 years before that. That's the time of David. And let's just think of that period between David and the coming of Jesus and the longing and the hoping and the waiting among the nation for the Messiah to come. And when he did come, they rejected him. They didn't even recognize him. 
But you know, all of these centuries that have passed and still there's this thing called the Jewish people and there's still this nation called Israel. And, you know, someone, I'm trying to think of who, who the author was. Um, he wrote in a book that one of the greatest arguments for the existence of God are the Jewish people. Because you can't really explain them the phenomena of what is Israel, you can't really explain them in a natural way because there's nothing else to compare it to. And so, but you think of all of that time that's passed. And here, here's the thing that I'm getting at. I just think as, as you look at the trajectory and as you see where history is headed, for me personally, it's just, it's like a faith builder. It's like, man, Lord, your word is true. What you said is what it is. What you have said is what is happening and what will happen. And so again here, God is just reiterating one more time, and he's done it over and over and over again in these prophets, but just one more time, he is stating that he will restore his people and he will reign among them as he has promised that he will do. So verse 14, sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. So this time, obviously this time has never come. So this is the future. This is what's coming in the future. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again Will you fear any harm? The Lord your God is with you, verse 17. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So that day that the Lord will then finally do what he's longed to do. Remember Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Remember he wept over Jerusalem. He would have loved to have have sung over them, but instead he wept over them. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you had only known in this day the things that belong to your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes and you will not see me again until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, this is it here. This is, the, this is now the other side of that. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take delight in you, and he will rejoice over you with singing. What a thought. 
And of course, that is true about us today. So, I mean, we're talking about what God did in the past with the nation of Israel. We're talking about what God will do in the future with the nation of Israel. What's he been doing in the, in the meantime? <laughs> we are it. We're, we're a, little, a little bit of it. And these kinds of wonderful promises that God speaks, these are things that we can take and rightfully apply to ourselves as well. You know, there is a, a theological position called replacement theology. And, and replacement theology basically just says that the church has replaced Israel in the plan of God. And so there, there now is no future fulfillment with the nation itself geographically or ethnically or any of that. That's all kind of just been swallowed up in the bigger picture of the church. So the church has replaced Israel. And I, I, I don't think you can honestly read the prophets and draw that conclusion. But I think what we do have to understand is that that is partially true temporarily. The church has replaced Israel in the plan and purpose of God at the present time and beginning with the rejection of the nation of Jesus the Messiah and the gospel going to the Gentiles. But when the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, then Israel will be saved. So the church is, that is the, we are the people of God today. We are the ones through whom God is working out his plan in the world, his plan to bring people to salvation, to build up the kingdom, to see it grow and expand and impact the world. God's doing that through us today. And so when we read passages like this, that he will rejoice over you with singing, we can think about Israel in the future and their you know, horrible history, including Nebuchadnezzar and including the Assyrians and, and you know, all of the different groups of people that conquered them and to the Romans and all the way through to the Holocaust and you know, all of these things. We can think about all that and we can think about God singing over them and think, wow, that's, that's going to be a beautiful moment. But we can also recognize that God sings over us. So we're not like a second-class group. <laughs> We've been grafted in and just, just as legitimate as the, the olive tree the root, Abraham. We are the descendants of Abraham as well, right? Through faith. So just know that the Lord rejoices over you with singing. You know, I think a lot of times we just don't think of God 
in terms of, of his just deeply loving us. Isn't it true that so often we think of God as just probably slightly annoyed at us? <laughs> Isn't it true? I mean, just, you know, you just kind of always looking over your shoulder like, I'm probably in trouble. And, and you know, it's true. I mean, people all the time say things like, man, things are going so good. Wow, it's just amazing. Gee, I wonder what's coming. You know, I know, I know this can't last because, you know, God surely doesn't want to bless me that much. And, and you know, sometimes I, I read preachers and I, I was just reading something the other day and, and the preacher was just kind of giving that impression. You better watch out because, you know, just at any time, you could slip up and God's going to, he's going to whack you. And I just think that is, is such the wrong view of God. Where do we get that view? We certainly don't get it from Jesus. <laughs> That's not what Jesus went around doing. And it always reminds me of, of what A.W. Tozer said. He said, how different the world would be if we all realize that we dwell under friendly skies, <laughs> that God is, he's friendly. He's not, he's not looking to beat up on us. And, and I'm saying this because when we look at something like, but he uh, will rejoice over you with singing, we just think, oh, that, you know, that, that just probably, probably not me. Why not? How many of you have kids? And just think about it. I mean, you just, you love your kids, right? Regardless, despite all kinds of things. You love them just because they're your kids. And your general attitude, if you're normal and <laughs> a good parent is you just want to bless your kids. You want to do things for them that show that you love them. They want you to, you, you want them to know that you love them. You want them to be secure in your love. And that natural thing that we have is part of the image of God in us because that's how God is. I mean, Jesus tells us stuff like this, right? He says that God causes his reign to come on the just and the unjust. God, God blesses people even when they don't deserve blessing. Jesus healed people. And, and I was talking about this Sunday with this this lame man that Jesus healed, you know, the two things that really stuck out to me was how this guy doesn't really do anything. He doesn't repent. He doesn't do anything. He just does what Jesus said, take up your mat and walk. And, and we see in this, like the, the, just this picture of God's grace extended to him 
and how even after Jesus does find him and, and you know, he tells him, stop sinning. But his, it's, it's just a good picture of how God pours his love out upon people who don't deserve it. Even people who don't appreciate it. Remember the story of the 10 lepers? Jesus cleansed 10 lepers at one time. And he sent them to show themselves to the priest. And as they were going, one of them stopped and thought, I got to go back and say thank you. And he came back to thank the Lord. And Jesus noted, were there not 10 that were healed? So what's the point? 10 were healed. Jesus healed 10 people, nine of them. He knew that they weren't even going to be necessarily thankful for it. But he did it anyway. So if God, if God treats the unthankful and the sinner like that, how much more is he going to lavish his love upon those who are his people, his children? So he rejoices over you with singing. And then he says, finally, I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and a reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the people of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. Wow. The grace of God. God's just going to bless these people in the future, not because they deserved it. And that's how he treats us too. But of course, because he's so good, that provokes us to want to obey him, to honor him, to glorify him, right? We don't do those things to earn God's favor, we do those things out of appreciation for the unmerited favor that he's already shown us. That's what grace does. It, we respond by obedience and devotion and worship. We're responding to what God has done for us. That's the beautiful thing. For the month of February, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Imperfect Disciple, Grace for People Who Can't Get Their Act Together by Jared C. Wilson. 
Have you ever resolved to repent from a sin only to be crushed and condemned by defeat later down the road? Or have you ever been hurt to the point that the wounds never just seem to heal, even years later? Well, one of the problems that Jared C. Wilson will help you to recognize is that unhealed wounds are not sin, and sin is not a simple wound from which you need to be healed. Jared C. Wilson shows how discipleship can be messy. This isn't a typical Christian self-help book promising to help you become a better Christian. This is a book about discipleship that puts the gospel front and center to help you sustain ongoing growth in Jesus by the same grace that saved you. In his book, The Imperfect Disciple, Jared C. Wilson will help you experience the grace of God in a practical way that will impact how you live as a Christian. Today is the day to finally learn how to live in the grace of God. Learn today about God's transforming grace. The book, The Imperfect Disciple, Grace for People Who Can't Get Their Act Together by Jared C. Wilson is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we continue our series with the book of Haggai. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.